Welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. I'm your guest, Josh Rozier. And we are your hosts, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. This is episode 221. Topping the list of the most guest appearances on the Macrofab Engineering Podcast, today we have Josh Rozier, otherwise known as Roz. Roz has appeared on two of the Star Wars specials and twice to discuss the dark secrets of hand-winding Transformers. Today, Roz joins us to talk about his adventures in PCB design. Hello, gents. Welcome. Hey, Roz. What's going on? I appreciate the invite. Always a good time. Yeah, so this is... We got to make a trophy for you. A trophy. <laughs> Five appearances. It's going to be like one of those like fantasy football trophies where like, the next person up etches their name in it or something. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a good idea. Make it all out of PCB material. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of like carcasses of P- failed PCBs lying around my house, probably. So ah, so that's what we're going to talk to you today. But um, that's a hallmark of basically any electrical engineer's like lab is the <laughs> box of failed PCBs. I think mine weighs about thirty pounds at this point. You, you know, okay. So so there's a little caveat to that. Um, I think because PCBs are so damn cheap nowadays. That like you don't you don't normally buy you know if you're doing prototypes you don't normally buy the quantity that you're getting you get like say you're building three you end up with like fifteen and so you it's actually not a box of failed PCBs it's just a box of unpopulated <laughs> PCBs that yeah. that probably do work you know use them as coasters no mine are actually like these are all like prototypes and stuff that don't work that don't work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of not working PCBs, no, 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 we're, we're not going to go there just yet. Uh, but no, like, uh, so Roz, you, uh, you've recently got uh, into designing your own PCBs and, and kind of the last time we had spoke to you about just general electronics, you were really digging into making your own transformers. And that was for, uh, the guitar amp world and building valve amplifiers, but you've sort of moved on. Maybe moved on is not the right way of putting it, but you've sort of Branched gone out. in a, a little bit of a different direction and started going towards uh, smaller analog electronics, right? Yeah, so mostly um, uh, like guitar pedals. So it's still in that music realm. So uh, it started nothing. I'm, I'm not to the point where I'm necessarily designing my own circuits yet. I'm more like taking kind of classic tried and true ones and then hacking them apart, putting kind of my own stuff into them and uh you know what goes along with that is definitely uh you know building my own pcbs with that as well so um yeah it's been fun <laughs> you, you know something uh, i would be interested to hear from you because we've been asked this both on the podcast and off the podcast a handful of times sure it's where do you learn how and how do you learn like where do you pick up this information because there's there's usually not someone holding your hand uh, so I am very much the kind of person that you cannot put me in a classroom with a tutorial or give me a video. Like you literally have to hand me the thing and say, like, go screw it up for about, you know, three or four weeks. And then like, you might finally make something worthwhile, you know? Um, so when it comes to PCB design, I literally, I was trying to find a, uh, a web-based EDA tool that I could use with uh, it, basically any anything that has a, a browser to it. So my wife and I have this little Chromebook, and it's you know I can log on to this EDA tool 
Uh, I don't have to have it connected to any kind of Dropbox or, or any kind of cloud storage and really just pull up any of my designs and sit on the couch on a Saturday morning while the kids are watching cartoons and, and you know, just goof off on PCB design. So I literally, so I was looking for a tool that had that browser, um, you know, it was native to a browser and I just Googled it. I was trying to find, you know, PCB layout tool, browser based free, free, free. Yeah. That's the other big one. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I didn't know what the hell I was getting myself into. Um, and you know, having looked at some of those programs maybe years ago when I was kind of still dabbling in the guitar amp world and looking to branch out a little bit, um, you know, they looked kind of complicated and scary to be honest. And, uh, this one, this one looked, uh, relatively easy. So I, I started playing with it and yeah, I mean, just get in there, start, pushing all the buttons like i was like a little kid uh literally just flipping switches pushing buttons dropping things on the uh you know on the did schematic the, did the program ever ask you if it wanted to play a game <laughs> <laughs> thermonuclear war you haven't mentioned what name of this eda tool you were oh about. yeah so it's um it's easy eda so which is jlc's you know i guess proprietary tool uh so that kind of made it easy too because jlc is uh, actually, Steve, you recommended them, and uh, they're dirt cheap, obviously, and they make really high quality good stuff. So I ended up uh, like stumbling upon their tool, actually not knowing it was JLC's like layout tool. Uh, and then you know they just make it nice and easy to give you to for you to give them the, your money with a nice big button up at the side that says you know convert to PCB and. You know, and they just, you can order it all right through their, whatever, uh, their, their tools. So, uh, I, I found it relatively like user-friendly and idiot proof, um, as much as the EDA tool can be. Um, I, of course I have my experience with like one and a half, I won't even call it two, <laughs> but, um, I, I don't have a lot of problems with it. Yeah, it, it, I'm sure it has its own finicky stuff that every piece of software probably has. But um, yeah, it's 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 not bad. It, it gets the job done for what I'm doing. And and you know on the on the fairly regular since you found these uh, found this EDA tool, Parker and I've been getting tech group text messages where it's just PCB showed up <laughs> as images like on a pretty regular basis. I kind of love it. Yeah, it's um, like, I, so I nerd out a little probably too much on the aesthetics of things that people will probably never see, which is like the layout of the board. No, that's exactly what we're here to talk about, though. So uh, uh, it's probably probably like certifiable uh, if there's anybody with, you know, like psychology degrees or, or you know, any <laughs> psychiatrist that listen to your podcast, they're probably like, here's my card. Give me a call. Um, but yeah, I, if it's wrong, I don't want to be right. Yeah. I, I don't, it's actually, I blame Steve. He's the one that got me on that, like, uh, that kick of, of making everything look good. I mean, it has to be functional, like top of the list. It has to do what it's supposed to do and do it well, but it's also got to look badass in the process. So, so like that's number one, but then one a is it's got to look good. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Almost to the point where, like, if I'm picking out a capacitor and, uh, 
you know, one brand is brown and one brand is like red, which matches uh, my resistors. Fine gold caps. Oh, yes. <laughs> We've been down that <laughs> that road before. I know it's insane. I, I get it. I totally. I did specify resistors before because they were blue. Guilty. Yep. So <laughs> SMD uh, resistors that were blue. I think what was it? Is it KO Spear? KOA Spear? Their metal film uh, uh, for for through hole or for it's surface, surface mount. Oh, okay. There's a, I can't remember what company because because Zycons do blue through holes. Okay, now these were surface mount because I think like Panasonic's are usually like black. Most of most manufacturers most of them are black, make black yeah. ones, but I can't remember which one it was. It was they make blue ones. You might have to send that to me. <laughs> <laughs> he just gave him some more stuff to nerd out. Oh over. shit. <laughs> I think uh, I think you're in the right kind of audience for people who uh, sweat the details. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you know what? It's it's kind of that. Th- like I'm not designing cell phones here, consumer electronics that are like cutting edge technology, or or you know something that I'm trying to squeeze fractions of percentage points of margin out of. So I can I can do crazy things like put a giant silk screen of my logo on the board and take up like half the board because it looks cool. You know, I, totally, totally <laughs> fine. Not a problem. I mean, it, this makes a lot of sense from the person who winds his own transformers. When you put it that way, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, have you have you tried putting graphics inside of the plates on your transformers? N- uh, no. Oh, no, you could do that, and then if you flipped them apart, it'd be like a flip book. It'd be like a uh, like me <laughs> a lead flip. Book. It would say like <laughs> warranty void. You know, I, I kind of I, I really like the uh, the concept of um, doing projects like this in the uh, for figuring out some of the more difficult details of electronics. Which okay, it's already hard enough to start with a blank piece of paper and then say like draw a schematic that does a thing that's pretty difficult uh getting started but if that's already kind of taken care of in other words like like you mentioned you picked some known operating uh pedals and projects to work on so if you don't have to worry about the the electronics generation side then you can really get your feet wet and start digging through the concepts of like oh what's good about picking this capacitor versus that capacitor or what's good about this style of layout and not worry so much about just like oh my god is this going to work to go one more step further it's also learning the tool to design it as well is a huge barrier yeah well yeah and it's like um so the first pedal i built that worked uh was <laughs> Sorry, no, no, no. Quick tangent. That's like the Russians being like the first person we sent to space that made it that back. came back. <laughs> first man in space. Yeah, no. So yeah, my first pedal that went to space and came back was uh, just a a copy of a, a tube screamer, which is people have been copying since the seventies, right? So the there's all kinds of variations and mods and schematics all over the internet forum. There's circuit analyses out there. There's, you know, people have super special op amps and, you know, you can get crazy in the weeds. So it was easy for me to just pick a schematic that's tried and true. You know what it does. Uh, I know the parts are out there. I know all the 
substitute parts if I need to go like three or four levels deep to to make this thing work. Let's just uh, you know lay one out, see if we can get it to work. And you know it actually that that one actually worked. The first PCB I ever designed on a tool, uh, it wasn't like the most optimized, especially if it was something you wanted to like scale up for a commercial. It took a while to sit there and kind of solder a couple of things on, and I can get into the details on, on you know, later, but it worked. Like I wired it up, plugged it in first go, like it worked. So that, that's kind of what got you hooked. Like if it was one of those things where I, I, I wired it up, plugged it in and it didn't work. I don't, I don't know. Would I have like gone to the next thing? My ADHD probably would have made me, uh, like find another shiny object to go, uh, chew on or something, but hand rolling capacitors. Speaking of which, no, no, I'm kidding. I haven't gotten there yet. Aluminum foil in uh, a wax paper. Yeah. Mineral oil. Special paper, like, uh, you know, made in like the, Tibetan plateau by monks from some special tree or something dipped in yak oil or God knows what. Yeah, that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> you would take a pilgrimage to get that stuff, though. Yeah, and but research it for like three months in advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would know everything you need to know about like one very specific useless kind of capacitor. We'll see you in about four months then. Yeah, it'd probably be about the size of a small tree, like uh, hand rolled. And you'd and you'd have five different Excel spreadsheets on how to actually calculate it all. Yeah, and any of the five wouldn't work on its own. You'd have to have all five open at once. <laughs> which anyone who uses Excel, that's yeah, they can feel that pain. That that's a good that's a good Excel yeah, sheet. That's it's working great. Like, what do you want me to optimize? Optimize what? So what was the uh, what was the name of the first uh, pedal that you made? Because it wasn't a tube screamer. No, in name. No, and I didn't paint it green. And like, yeah, and I didn't. Yeah. So all right, it. I um, I'm a musician, right? And I, my main, I guess, gig, if you want to call it, is I play at church. And I, I my primary instrument instrument is drums. But you know, a lot of people know that I I design amps and and you know do electronic audio electronics for a hobby and uh one of the guitar players you know he was giving me flack because he was from california and he knew i was from texas and uh he's just dogging on whataburger man uh like talking about how in and out was far superior and like i'm not here to settle that fight uh but you know, hang on. Can we back up for just a quick second? Yeah, yeah. So, so let's let's detail that real quick. There is a war that is between good and evil. Which fast food burger joint is better? Yes, Whataburger, which is basically a Texas, uh, pretty much chain, yeah. right? Corpus uh, Christi and in yeah. In and Out, right? And In and Out, which is you know California. I think specifically Southern California, but I could be wrong about that. Please, people from Southern California or Northern California, don't. Send me hate mail. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, having lived in Dallas for a couple of years, you know, they've made their way east slowly from California. Uh, and I can, I mean, in and outs a great burger joint. I love their burgers. I, their fries are awesome. Uh, it's just not Whataburger. So, like, I'm a native Texan, and I'm going to stick true to, to 
Whataburger, which is a real burger, uh, the white and orange stripes. A number five with jalapenos, man. You just can't go wrong with that. Uh, you know, see, a burger needs to have mustard. Absolutely, no, no ketchup. I know, I know, In and Out doesn't put ketchup on their burgers, but you know they got that. Well, they call it spread. Which, at what point does it stop becoming a sauce and start becoming a spread? Because I, I have a, uh, like, that's definitely a sauce in my mind. I need a spread. It's a little bit too liquidy. But point is, <laughs> that's sort of that's sort of like the 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 difference between saying tortilla or wrap. I can't stand it when someone says mm, wrap. Good point. Like, it's a tortilla. Yeah. Well, it's a tortilla if you're. If grease leaks out of the end all over your hand while whatever you're eating is covered in something really spicy, that's a tortilla. It's a wrap <laughs> if you put like avocado and tofu and in, in lettuce. Yeah, like surrounded by lettuce. That's, that's a, wrap. a wrap. That's a wrap. And and if ranch dressing's anywhere near it, you better not call it a tortilla. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, why why is there a connection between fast food restaurant wars and yeah, your home? We never got to that, did we? <laughs> uh, Yeah. So this this guy, there was like this ongoing like inside joke, kind of half serious but really serious feud between he would dog Whataburger and I'd have to, I'd have to punch back, right? So. His birthday came up one weekend and it was on a Saturday or a, no, it was on a Sunday. And I knew I was going to see him that Sunday. Uh, like Friday night, I had this stupid idea of, oh crap, I'll build him a pedal. And then had the idea of using it as a vehicle to razz him about, you know, this, this whole feud. So I built, a, it was a two screamer clone and I don't know, I guess I started designing it and laying it out and stuff, and it wasn't until I got all the parts in and, and, and wired it up that I decided it dawned on me what I was going to call it. Uh, and I called it the What a Booster, and I painted it with orange and white stripes and, you know, repurposed the, the Whataburger logo. And, um, you know, it was basically just, again, like a kind of a modded tube screamer. But, um, you know, uh, the best part was... I took the in and out logo and, and put it in Inkscape and kind of sliced and diced it. And on the input and output jacks, I, I repurposed their logo. It said input and output. And it, it was like stylized like the in and out logo. Uh, and I, I don't, I think I sent you some pictures. That's probably not in there, but um, oh, he, it's, it's gorgeous. He thought it was hilarious. Uh, it wasn't, it's not, I wouldn't say I appreciate it, but you know, first thrown together and like, 48 hours it's pretty good but um you know obviously copyright infringement and everything it's nothing that you know i could ever produce it was just kind of for fun so yeah i i my favorite is how the knobs are labeled because <laughs> they're labeled with so whataburger when you get when you customize your burger they put little stickers on them of like what what you added on so like on the wrapper yeah. or bacon and that's how you labeled the knobs yeah, I can't. I think one of them's like special, uh, and one of them's like jalapenos, and one's and bacon. bacon. Uh, and and I love also how they're not like angled. I mean, they're not like straight across. They're like angled, like someone just slapped like just a sticker slapped on them it. on there. Right? Yeah, it's super great. I tried yeah. to match the colors and the font as best as I could too. And um, yeah, I think uh, special is is like the the drive or, or like the distortion level, essentially the clipping in the circuit so it's um 
yeah and i think uh jalapenos like the tone knob or some nonsense i don't remember there was a there was like some rhyme or reason to it when i designed it but long story short he actually played it he said he kept it on his pedal board for a while uh, you know that that particular pedal to be clear was not one of my pcb like one of my forays into pcb design i actually used an etched pcb i got you know the copper clad fr4 and you know a bunch of really dangerous chemicals in my shed and started doing uh you know black chemistry magic alchemy in in the backyard with my kids turning fr4 into gold yes (laughs) um but that i i think it was the struggle of that that really was like screw this i'm designing my own from now on like i this is horrible i'm never doing this again especially for like 2.99 from china in less than a week i i think (laughs) That was my experience too when I first started building PCBs. Was uh, I I I started make, making them around the time where it was starting to get easy to get inexpensive PCBs. Yeah, but it was still difficult. Like I didn't have a credit card still, so like <laughs> I was like, how do I pay people? So I'm like, oh, I'll just like you know etch some in my backyard. Barter. And you actually got a working PCB. Which is amazing. I I did not. <laughs> I, I I think I only. So to be to be fair, I I had a little bit of experience etching PCBs prior to this. Like as, I think Steve and I were when we were in either high school or college did some goofy stuff along the same lines. I think yeah, I think we did one or two here and there. To be perfectly honest, my very first pedal of all time, which is what got me into audio elect you know uh, electronics for audio is it was a phase 90 an mxr phase 90 clone and it didn't work <laughs> uh, and i gave up on it and just like moved on to the next thing so um but yeah it, it, it actually worked i was surprised now by worked i had caps like bent over and legs like soldered across the board and like this footprint was meant to take you know a six millimeter diameter cap and it was like i only had i don't know 10 millimeter laying around so it's like laying down on top of other components and there's wires like it was it was it's not a pretty sight on the inside of the thing but hey it worked yeah the outside is gorgeous the inside is so yeah so a little gross they got different names for building pcbs like there's dead bug style and manhattan style what would that style be called (laughs) Uh, Mad Max? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Max, the Thunderdome. The Thunderdome style. Uh, you know what's funny? It's uh, That style is actually like somewhere in the dead zone between Manhattan and Dead Bug style. It's, yeah. like, it's like the worst of both of those put together. You guys, I, so these are new terms to me. I'm, uh, you got to tell me what the, what the hell is. Okay, okay. Actually, so, so the, the, uh, the ridiculous anal side of you will really like Manhattan. Go, go Google Manhattan style PCB. Like in, in terms of like guys like spending hours, like bending legs of components to like perfect angles and, and, soldering them all together like it like the radio guys the old graybeard radio guys do it uh, quite a bit they're, they're gorgeous they're amazing wow. but yeah they're ri- they're ridiculous that's and then crazy. Uh, what was what, what we said man oh dead, dead bug. bug style is when you fl- uh, looks like a bunch when, of dead bugs crammed in there well de- dead bug uh, if if you get an ic incorrect or you build the footprint wrong 
you can always flip it upside down, glue it down, and then run <laughs> wires from each leg to the actual pad it's supposed to go. So to. it's like a dead bug, like a dead roach. Yep, yep, like a dead roach or a spider that you know is upside down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah, we've created a new one. Dead. <laughs> Thund- Dead bug Manhattan and Mad Max. Mad Max. <laughs> I, I, I like Thunderdome style. Thunder <laughs> Thunder Ohm. Yeah. Th- <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's um, uh, it was definitely a good place to start from, but uh, uh, not my not my best work. I I quickly um progressed past that, you know, to 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 laying out stuff, and it's getting worse, right? So now I'm I'm. I've gone from strictly using through-hole components to starting to dabble with SMD stuff and, uh, you know, starting to play with that a little bit, uh, which I'm really liking, especially for pedals, because you can get some, uh, cram a lot of shit into a little footprint, um, which, which is nice because I, I don't, you know, real estate on pedal boards is, is valuable stuff and, you know, I, I want to make sure I can fit as all, all the goodies on, on the board as possible. So um, it's been uh, kind of a there's been a few designs here lately that haven't gone super well, but um, I'm figuring those out. Parts are on order. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the uh, so the, the, the water booster was the was the Thunder Ohm style, but you went and redid that pedal and. PCB, I right? did, yeah, and it's um, I, I I again because the whole Whataburger theme was kind of a gag, right? I I redid it kind of in my own style. Uh, it's it is still based off a TS eight hundred eight circuit, but it's pretty highly modified. It and God knows how many people have cloned that circuit to where it's pretty much ubiquitous at this point. So, I um, I kind of did the same thing, and uh, I think I. I'm on revision like three, just kind of slowly tweaking, making things better, like layout wise, more compact, making the less noise, stuff like that. Um, it's uh, the white witch is what I've kind of done, uh, dubbed it right now. So it's a, a pretty cool little pedal. I've had a couple of people play on it. It's I'm not going to say it's like, or, or let me, sorry. Yes, it's super magical. I put... Uh, like <laughs> I rub the board, massage the boards with uh, virgin tears before I sardine oil. Yes, and uh, I only use uh, s- solder that contains platinum. Uh, so uh, mined from Chilean mines uh, off the back of alpacas that have been bathed in. No, I'm kidding, but it's a it's a pretty fun pedal to play on. So, so you said you you were kind of like developing your style. What would you say is your style? Oh, uh, so it's laughable. So a <laughs> <laughs> laughable. See, you're gonna. All right, I'm not an engineer, so the right and wrong way to do things that you guys probably deal with every day. I don't know those rules, so I I kind of color outside the lines in a bad way most of the time. Um, so I don't know, going back to the aesthetics thing, 
the way the PCB looks means a lot to me. So I like to keep my capacitors as much as possible kind of lined up. I like to keep my resistors in a row and an array. I like to center, you know, op amps on the board if I can. I like to, you know, keep switches and components in line with each other and uh, color. I know it sounds insane, but color matters to me. So I, I use um, resistors from a company called PRP and they're red. So they have a red, you know, a coating on them. Uh, and then the caps I use are WEMA film caps and Worth uh, electrolytic caps. Uh, so They're all red. They're all red. And it's black PCB solder mask with white silk screen on there. So they look good if you were to pop one open. I, like, the thing is, is I know... I care what's inside of a pedal, and I know other people would too. I'm not planning on selling these really anytime soon, if at all. But you know, if I pop one open, uh, you know, I want to be proud of what's inside. Um, not to say that you can't make an awesome pedal that looks like. I mean, I I made a pedal that looks like Thunderdome style, but uh, and it works and it sounds good. <laughs> and a lot of people would rightly argue that it matter. Like the sound is all that really matters, and. Um, like 99% of the time that I would agree. But, you know, if it's going to have, if I'm going to spend the time to actually do it and I, and it's going to have my name attached to it, I want it to look good and I want it to be something I'm proud of. So um, I don't know. I don't know what I would dub that kind of style. Maybe, like, I don't know, Rain Man style, <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> it, 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 um, it's fun. Like it's a way to kind of challenge myself and see if I can lay it out to where it looks good and sounds good. And Oh, by the way, it has to work, you know, and, and not just work, but work well, like can't be noisy. Can't have crosstalk. It needs to, you know, though, the, I don't want to drill out any through holes because I, I screwed up the layout. You know, it, it's stuff like that, that it's a challenge, but it's kind of like, you know, some people do crosswords or Sudoku or learn a new language. And I waste my time on 1970s technology. Uh, so there's worse ways to go. True. <laughs> I think, um, sure. You may not have a piece of paper saying that you spent a bunch of money to go listen to some lectures at a school, but, uh, I think you use generally the same mindset that a lot of engineers also apply to these kinds of things and you care. So I think, uh, I, I think you're 99% of the way there. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's generous. <laughs> I'd say I, I'm I know I know uh, um, enough to be dangerous about a couple of things, but uh, I think so. Somebody put it. They were we were talking about something completely different, but they used an analogy once that I think is a really it stuck with me, and I think it's you know kind of applies to a lot of different fields, and this is one of them. Is you know if you hire somebody to paint your house, like you can paint your house. And 95% of the work you can do, but it's, it's the little details, you know, that, that really separate a professional from a, from a rookie. And, and it's those, you know, uh, you can get the job done. Anybody can get the job done. Anybody can buy a kit offline and build a, a pedal there. It's a chill. I, people should do it. It's a lot of fun and it's a great way to get involved in, in kind of starting those projects, but it, it's like the small stuff that really separates, you know, the, the, the people who do it for a living from the hobbyists like me. Right. So it, 
there's a lot to learn. And I, I think anybody who's honest would say that that's one thing I've learned about the engineering kind of brain is you're always constantly learning and there, well, and technology is constantly changing and there's always new stuff out there to go get your hands dirty with. So, uh, I don't think anybody's, anybody who's honest would tell you that they're an expert in the field, right? We're always learning new stuff and, and, and messing with new things and tweaking things and trying to make it better. And, um, that's kind of half of the fun is arguing over those little details or trying to figure out the right way to do, you know, the, the smallest little thing that really doesn't necessarily matter in the grand scheme of thing, but just cause you want it to, you want it to be right or you want it to be as good as it can be, you know? Um, so there's, there's a lot of stuff out there that I don't understand. Like transistors, those things are, uh, it's like, uh, they, they drive me crazy. <laughs> there's, I've just started dabbling in those things and they're, there, uh, there's a lot to learn there. So I, I think I know like Ohm's law and that's, uh, even that I, you know, I have to go Google like that wheel that you see on Google all the time, most of the time. So, <laughs> you know, that, uh, that hundred percent worth of house painting, uh, and you were saying you could do 95%. Sure. That last 5%, sure. You're paying for someone to do it, but of that last 5%, 99% of that last 5% is the fact that that guy has that one really special tool <laughs> that just does it quickly and perfectly. Yeah, that's that's a lot of it, right? He, you know, they've they've dedicated their, you know, life or their, you know, they make a living doing it. So, you know, that's uh, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of truth to that for sure. I think my entire garage is half specialty tools that I've used like twice. <laughs> Maybe three times. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's, there's tube bender, tube straightener, tube straightener. <laughs> I mean, I've used those more than twice or three times, but yeah. I have to sneak those in when my wife's not looking. So my, I don't quite have, have quite as many as you do. I can imagine you like trying to come through the back door and you have like an eight foot tall bandsaw underneath your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, have you gained some weight? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> About 300 pounds. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's more recent, uh, that you've been working on? Uh, so like most recent, like today, even I was messing with, um, so my dad played guitar way back in the day, um, mostly acoustic. And this was like, I think he stopped playing when I was probably not even driving yet. So I was like a preteen or early teens. And then he just picked it back up this past year, wanted to get back into playing guitar and he decided to go electric this time. So he bought himself a Les Paul and a, a nice Epiphone Les Paul off the shelf. Uh, got him. Got, I talked him into getting a, a legit, you know, tube amp. Uh, I, I tried to get him to let me buy, you know, build him one, but he refused. He's, <laughs> he wouldn't let me build him one, uh, because you know, he, he's, he's like, yeah, that's, that's a waste of a, of a good amp. Like I'm not quite there yet, you know? Um, so he got a nice Marshall all tube, you know, five watt little amp. He bought a bunch of pedals and he's building up, he's into woodworking and he likes to do every, every I'm, you might start to see where I get this from here in a second, but 
he's into building uh, woodworking by hand. So he tries not to use power tools if at all possible. So he's got like Japanese like saws and chisels and. Uh, so he's mentally insane, is what you're telling me. He's yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, so he's hand building himself a pedal board and uh, wants a power supply to go with it. And he's going to build me a pedal board, too. Um, and, he, you know, he cuts the dovetail, dovetails by hand. No, no power awesome. tools. And, like, uh, he's building his out of walnut. And uh, we haven't really talked about materials all that deep on mine. But he wants a nice power supply on there. So I told him I'd build him a, a, a linear power supply. Now, can you go on Amazon and buy a perfectly usable 99% perfect power supply for like 60 bucks probably yes but where's the fun in that <laughs> but you're gonna spend 120 dollars and make one <laughs> a minimum of 120 probably because <laughs> i'm gonna probably screw it up a time or two and have to desolder some components and um but i'm gonna i'm building them a you know an eight it's got it's a linear power supply i'm using pcb mounted transformers with dual secondaries on them so they're eight isolated windings uh you know each with its own you know linear power supply circuit so so that there's i, I want to try and isolate them from each other as much as possible keep it super quiet no noise super stupid overkill no one should ever do that but i'm doing it um and so i was working on that today kind of laying out uh you know things like um uh i've got a poly fuse in there and when it trips uh and goes off if it trips an led indicator that'll light up and like have a fault indicator or something on there like just little things that you can kind of work into it when it's your own design that really don't add a ton of money but are kind of cool little add-ons right so gizmos yeah i was working on that today so um you know i'm using the lm317 uh so it's got you can use that to do like variable voltage uh so i've got a little trim pot on the board so if it's a particular uh you know, if I'm a little bit south of nine volts or a little bit too far above it, I can kind of, you know, dial it in exactly what I want it to be. But gotta love it. There's there's calibration points on it. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, thirty cents for uh, one of those little trim pots. So why not, right? Uh, you gotta get the multi-turned ones. The twenty-five turned. Yeah. <laughs> Super granular. <Yeah>. Like <laughs> we we actually use a ton of those at work. Um, just, I mean, there's, there's applications where, especially for like tuning on a voltage controlled oscillator to get it such that it does, you know, uh, an octave for every volt input. Like we use 25 turn, uh, trim pots. And even on some of our more sensitive designs, even with 25 turns, we're still like barely nudging it to get it, you know, perfect on because wow. to get, you know, 10 octaves of, perfect tuning range you gotta have pretty tight resistances yeah it's um but they're more expensive yeah i'm just going with your off the shelf 40 cent like 30 cent whatever you know plenty plenty good enough for an lm317 <laughs> style circuit yeah it's uh i'm kind of curious to see how it turns out i actually i was starting on the bill of materials this afternoon i got the circuit more or less laid out 
uh, and it, you know, I don't think it's going to be really all that bad. I think 120 bucks was actually probably pretty close. So you, you kind of hit it in the bucket, like right on the mark there, but, um, I, not too bad for the fun of being able to build something and, you know, send my dad, you know, he's building me this pedal board by hand and I'm kind of com- contributing to it in my way too. Um, so out of curiosity, is is it something where like he gave you specs where he said like you you know it must fit within this envelope, it must be this big, or is it more just something where it's like yeah just get it to me and I'll just glue it to the back? So no, we spent three <laughs> we we spent three hours on Zoom uh, last Friday laying stuff out in a in a layout tool and talking about which enclosures will work for his PC for his pedal board layout. And it needs to be this tall. And like, yeah. So I had to kind of do a little bit of a, you know, I had to pick the right enclosure from Hammond and, you know, the, the jacks had to come out the correct side. Otherwise like you wouldn't be able to route the cables cause it'd be pinched between the bottom of the board and the, and the, yeah. So there was, it's a lot of fun because, um, you know, I, I get to kind of do this with my dad now that we're uh, 2,000 or 1,700 miles away. It's kind of a way to stay connected with him and, and do something that I really enjoy. And that turns out, you know, I, it's probably where I get it from is, you know, his propensity to do things. If it's worth doing, it's, over, you know, it's worth overdoing. So it's worth doing um, well. Yeah. So I, I, and again, not to say that something off the shelf wouldn't do perfectly fine, especially for, you know, our uses, which is just kind of sitting at home in the bedroom playing. I don't need some perfectly quiet output, you know, power supply, but why not? I want to give it a shot. And hey, I learned a, I learned a thing or two about either PCB layout or, you know, the linear power supply design or a little bit about transistors and, and stuff. So, um so, you know, it's a way to kind of just keep learning and keep playing with stuff and have a little bit of fun in the process with music, too, which is really one of my core passions. So, so actually, just, you know, if you could touch for just a quick second on you knew you wanted a linear power supply. How, how did how did you learn to do it? Like where like what did you go search for to figure that out? Yeah, so um, I know, you know, I've I've run across linear power supplies um, in the guitar amp space, right? So building like DC circuits for, let's say, like filaments for for vacuum tubes, heaters, right? So um, it's it's rare, but it's it's something that it cuts down on noise because you don't have that six, sixty cycle hum, you know, bleeding into your your audio circuit. But so I was kind of aware of them there. And um, I was also, I mean, you can Google. I was, I'm also, you know, have looked into trying to build like a, a, a bench top DC power supply off a, like an ATX power supply from a computer. Uh, and there's like, you know, a l- list of everyone's kind of different flavor of linear power supplies out there. And everyone's kind of got their method. And, and, you know, so just kind of cobbled together ideas from a bunch of different ones and looked at the manufacturer, you know, TI's, uh, data sheet for the LM317, 
and kind of played with that a little bit and started incorporating a couple of different, there's you know lots of different discussion boards and blogs out there from people who know way more about electronics and engineering than I do. And, uh, you know, also it helps to have friends who know things too. So I talked to, uh, you know, Steve, uh, more than a handful of times about stuff like this and this particular design a few times at least. Um, so, you know, just slowly ironing things out, uh, I'll get a, I'll get a couple of steps in and then kind of chew on something mentally for a while and then go back and do some more research and make a couple of tweaks. And then that'll lead to some more things that I need to kind of stop and chew on. But, um, yeah, Google, there's, there's tons of information out there, but knowing how to sift through the stuff that you really need is the real, the, the, the thing that takes all the real time, right? You can find a hundred different linear power supply designs, but knowing which one will work for your particular application is where it, it gets, you know, that's where the hard part comes in. That's where it helps to have friends that you can bounce things off of. You know, I think above and beyond that, you can find a hundred different linear power supply uh, circuits. And not only is it a trouble finding one that will work for your situation, it's sometimes a trouble finding one that will work just at all like uh, i mean sometimes the uh, when searching for circuits on on the internet like you got to be really wary yeah everybody uh you know comes off as an expert on a uh, a forum right you know I, on, keyboard on commandos. oh yeah <laughs> i'm about to say on podcasts oh yeah i mean <laughs> what the hell like here i am on your podcast i i you know talking about engineering stuff i have no no right to be talking about but you know it's a lot of um um you know there's a lot of good information out there buried on a a lot of mediocre information under a layer of just garb you know with some garbage information sprinkled throughout so you gotta be careful of the landmines for sure so again having friends in right in the right place to be able to bounce questions off of is key. Otherwise you, you have to learn the hard way and uh, you know, that's expensive and, and that's demotivating sometimes, uh, you know, to blow up a board or have a hundred dollars worth of parts, just become a pile of parts uh, and not work. So. They just go into that pile that we were talking about right at the beginning. Yeah. The elephant graveyard. <laughs> that's actually a good name for it. <laughs> <laughs> elephant pcb graveyard <laughs> you know it's actually interesting is uh the one of the first circuits i ever designed and built and soldered together was a lm317 power supply for my computer that controlled speeds on fans oh no kidding yeah i was trying to find a picture but that that was so long ago i don't even have i don't think i even owned a camera back then the uh, the uh, what's it? The stir plate for my uh, yeast um, for beer brewing. Uh, I used an LM three one seven and connected it to a uh, a fan, a DC fan, and then glued magnets to the fan. And you can just with a pot, you can control the speed of the fan and control the stir plate. Mine's kind of similarly hacked together. Although I bought a pulse with modulator kind of circuit board off of Amazon or something all fancy here oh yeah yeah no i went super bougie and had somebody build it for me i went i went full thunder ohm style thunder, thunder <laughs> ohm. 
Yeah, and well, I mean, I don't be too impressed. I still glued it onto a PC fan in a cigar box, so there is that. Oh, that's the classic way of making a uh, stir plate. Yeah, that thing still works too. It's chugging right along. Uh, I was contemplating using it to culture yeast for bread making with this whole social dis- distancing thing going on. Like, you'd be surprised. Bread yeast is is like harder to find than you know toilet paper at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. So I thought about just starting a yeast culture. I got crap. I've got all the stuff to do it. So I haven't quite pulled the trigger there yet because I was able to find some instant yeast at the little store down the road from our house. So Yeah, actually, this talk of Thunder Ohm style, um, I used to build uh, portable consoles, like portable Nintendos and stuff. And it, this talk is reminding me a lot of how I built those back in the day, where it is a bunch of PCBs hacked up and kind of hot glued into an enclosure. Yeah. Function over form. You, you slap a whole bunch of gloss on the, on the top to make it look nice. And the inside is just like, and pray that that solder like joint doesn't come loose. Of hell inside. Yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> if it breaks, it's going to stay broken. Cause I have no clue. There's so many things that could go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at some of my old pictures, and I'm like, oh, man. I actually used to build stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the um, the latest project I've been working on, uh, in addition to that power supply, was a, a reverb pedal, which is just a clone of a, a you know, famous, uh, you know, like, commercially produced pedal right now. Um, so it's, it's, I wouldn't say a part-for-part part clone. Like, I'm not specking the same you know, part types or, you know, the exact components. Exactly. It's like a, you know, film cap or a ceramic cap. Like I'm not kind of, I'm just kind of paying attention to the, yes. Little Um, C clone. And, uh, so yeah, that's the one I've been laying out and okay. So talking about EDA tools, um, I'm sure this is kind of, uh, I don't know if you guys have struggled with this, but so I had like a TO 92 footprint and, uh, you know how the pinouts on those things change depending on what exactly you're putting there. And the, I screwed mm-hmm. the pin out. It was like a, what is it? A, a 78L05. Yeah. It was like a 7805. Uh, and I yeah, yeah. Fl- put it in basically backwards, right? Because my, my footprint got screwed up. And I just realized that the other day. And as I was desoldering it to try and flip it around, I ripped the trace up off of one of my pc boards not a problem because jlc's minimum order is five so i got four others to go with it but um you know that was like the comedy of errors because right after that my solder sucker broke and you know that i've had for 15 years and so i i had to order new parts and i just basically threw it against the wall and just clicked reorder on mauser just get out get it all <laughs> i'm not i'm not screwing with that again <laughs> starting fresh <laughs> So that's the one I've been messing with most recently. And, and but, see, uh, that's how you start gaining a parts collection. Like you can see all those drawers behind me. Is you <laughs> what you do is when you order parts, you order two of everything, and you end up ninety percent of the time only using one of them. Well, yeah. So that I started using surface mount resistors on this guy. That was the main thing I wanted to do with this one. It was okay. And going back to your point about um, going with known designs. You can kind of throw one variable in there that's a wild card, right? So the first design was PCB layout for me. Like that was the, I had to learn the tool. I had to learn like what, that was my wild card. That was your wild card. (laughs) Don't know what the hell I'm doing. 
here this should be fun um you know a couple iterations you know next thing was like learning uh specific things around like some of the footprints and a little bit more about the tool and um you know construction you know principles and methodology on how to keep it quiet and it's not a little buzz box that just you you can't use and this one this reverb pedal was all right smd right like i've never used smd so i used these little what 0802 i think or 0805 uh resistors 0805. god damn those things are easy to lose <laughs> <laughs> nobody told me what uh, like i was the pictures make them look so big like <laughs> I ordered them and and I'm I take one out of the package and it falls and I'm like <laughs> it's gone. The next I did I it like fell into another dimension. I have they no clue where this thing go. went. Yes. So I I should have ordered like 5 of everything. I know those and the type I was using were they were Susumu which they weren't like the cheapest. Uh so I think they were like 40 or 50 cents a piece which isn't necessarily expensive, but you know it adds up when you're starting to do like a few dozen in a design and then you do that like four or five times over you know it's not again not gonna complain they're they're still relatively cheap but um and i think next time i'm just gonna like if it's on the bill of materials it's gonna get like multiplied by at least 1.5 and i'm <laughs> you know or a two just nice big round number in case there's one but yeah i, I would suggest if you're gonna fun. do more smt work is getting like good good pair of tweezers oh i got a set of 11 uh so i've got all kinds of different angles like i got the 90 degree i got the straight i got like the hooked ones i got the little needles i got the big flat blade lick needles yeah i got everything yeah. dude because that's the worst is if you use a a uh terrible piece no oh. i've actually i've done that in a pinch before but um i have some really crappy tweezers that i've had forever and I use them mostly for automotive work. But one time I couldn't find my SMT tweezers, so I tried to use these. <laughs> I, it's like they, the, the, you pick up a resistor with it, and they fling off at the speed of light. I have those very ones that you're holding. <laughs> this big well, that's so <laughs> yeah, but they make that, that real it's high gone. pitch, like ping. Yeah, it, hits, like, oh, it well, hits something on the other side of the room. Like, noise came from over there. Like, do I want to waste an hour of my life on my hands and knees trying to figure out what it was or do i go down in the basement find a resistor a quarter watt you know through hole resistor and like solder it on the pads <laughs> yeah so I, I, I figured out what it is it goes the speed of light it instantly turns to energy that's why you can never find them <laughs> well 40 cents for endless supply of energy that's yeah you just got to get tweezers to flick them <laughs> <laughs> the special the special <laughs> that's tweezers it. that's our new power plants yeah those things go flying um but yeah it, it's a but the, but they're not hard to solder right like people are always like oh, no, smd is super hard to solder, hard to solder. no, no not, not really if you're no. uh probably certifiably like ocd like i am they're hard to solder straight now uh but they worked like they worked fine. Roz, yeah. you're gonna lose your 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 shit when you finally discover stencils and paste and solder paste and reflow, yeah. like get a little I toaster oven. You will be like, this is amazing. 
the, you know, the, there, there's another hot tip here. If as long as you don't mind heating your board up quite a bit, get a hot air gun, throw some flux on there, and just heat it up until it until it melts and it sucks right into place and it's straight. I, I'm probably gonna go down one of those roads next because as easy and it's not hard, right? Put a dab of solder, stick your resistor on there, heat it up, you're good, right? Um, but again, we've already established that I'm a psychotic enough to pick resistors based on their colors. Um, so, you know, I think stencils and stuff, like I've seen that advertised on the PCB manufacturer's website, but I've never really looked into it, but now you guys are making me want to go look into it. JLC has a button that when you're ordering your boards, you click that button and a stencil (laughs) comes along with it. And I think it's 15 bucks. No, it might even be less. Like first one's like a dollar probably. With seventeen dollars shipping, like they always do. <laughs> hey, you know you know what's great about having all those extra PCBs we were talking about? What you can do is you you line up all those PCBs on your table and you make uh, a little gap that's just wide enough to slide the one you want to paste under it, and then you have a perfect thickness that you can put the new stencil down on huh. and wipe against. So, having all those extra PCBs <laughs> lying around is useful. Yeah, that's um. That, there's a lot to learn, and that's one of the things on the list. <laughs> so I guess we can wrap up this podcast with that statement. <laughs> oh, all right. That was the so I had to be the bad guy there. What, you have to be the grown-up that, that has to end it? <laughs> yeah. Raj, you got, I got, Raj, your parents are here to take you home. I'll just ramble if you let me. <laughs> I, I think not only have I been on the show the long, uh, like the, the most times, I think I probably hold a record for the longest podcast as well. No? Oh, God, no. no. Okay, good. Not even, no, no. I, We've had some that are over two thank hours. Thank God there's people more interesting than me in this world because, <laughs> I mean, I've already been on the show five times, so I'm getting a little worried. All right, on that note. That was the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. I was your guest, Josh Rozier. And we're your hosts, Parker Dillman. Should, should we wait 40 seconds to make it a proper hour? Oh, you have to do that all over again. No, we're just going to keep the tape rolling. No, <laughs> that, no, Stephen Craig. Later, everyone. Take it easy. <laughs>